Hey friends, welcome back to the Sunny and 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today we are joined by Carolyn Oaks. This conversation was an absolute treat for me. I swear the Lord used her words to increase my faith 100%, and I'm praying the same happens for you. Hello, and welcome back to the Sunny and 65 podcast. I am joined today by Carolyn Oaks. Hey, Carolyn. Hey, Maddie. Carolyn Oaks is a wildly amazing woman of God that we are going to get to hear from today. I think our families, did they maybe go further back than I think? Or did you meet my parents at Keystone? I met your parents when we first moved to the Des Moines area in 98. Okay. So even when you were little, sometimes our families would go out to um, lunch after church. Okay. So you guys were at Valley together. We were, okay. yes. I don't even think I knew that. And then then you probably got to reconnect then at your church in Ankeny now a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember seeing you at, I think it was called The Well, a women's gathering yes. in Des Moines as a college student. And I was so excited to see you and just reconnect for a few minutes. And you were there. I think you brought your whole basketball team <laughs> to Des Moines to come to this worship event. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. That feels like forever ago. Yeah. So Carolyn, I, through mutual friends, got connected with, which it sounds like Ashley and I hung out when we were very young, but I didn't yes. know that or remember that, um, with her daughter, Ashley, Gosh, five years ago, before Alex and I's wedding, we were on a, pretty much a vacation, not together, but with separate people, but like staying at the same place. So got to like hang out and she is just unreal and this amazing, also amazing woman of God. And we've just grown this sweet friendship. So then I really got to know you then again, Carolyn, in the yes. last like really year or so, especially hearing about you from my mom and then just through Ashley. And so I'm just so grateful that you're here. So will you tell us the quick gist about yourself? Absolutely. So I've been married to Scott for 33 years wow. and that's just, he's such a blessing in my life. And I just love how Jesus shines through him. We have four, we have four young adult kids now, six, because two of them are married, and then two sweet little toddler granddaughters whom we are so in love with. And I've just spent a lot of years in education, in in schools, everything from bilingual, teaching Spanish, teaching Bible for a number of years, and then school counseling. And a year ago, last last school year, at the end of the year, the Lord led me to step away from that to be more available to our family. Mm -hmm. One of our kids in town, my daughter, our daughter and son-in-law, we're going to need help with childcare and just to be available to more family and ministry opportunities, which I've loved. But I also spent, oh, a decade and a half staying home with our kids, mm -hmm. which was such precious time. And I adored that time as well. So a little bit, that's a little bit about me. I love coffee, love walking, paddle boarding, spending time that. with our family and friends. I'm just so blessed with- oh different opportunities the Lord's given to me. I love that. Tell us about when you came to know and follow Jesus. Oh, I'd love to, Maddie. Mm -hmm. When I was a child, my family lived overseas most of my okay. growing up years. And when I was living in Tehran, Iran, which is 
funny because living in a Muslim country is where I really came to know Christ. Wow. And we, my family was going to a little Catholic mission there, but someone invited us to this outreach event. My mom had already accepted Christ just about a month or so before that. And so we went to this event. They showed an outreach video, kind of like the Left Behind movies okay. called A Thief in the Night. And they shared the gospel so clearly. And I was just excited, like, yes, I want to accept Christ. I'm all in. And they gave me a New Testament to read through. So it was just such a sweet, exciting time of the Lord coming into my life. However, then later... I went off to boarding school in high school when my parents were living in a different country where we couldn't be with them. Wow. And really just, well, they were in Saudi Arabia at that time. And so high schoolers were not allowed to live there year round. Were they, was it for military? It was, my dad worked with a company. He worked for a Saudi company and he was, he was not military at that point, but he knew a lot of military people. Okay. So it was a position that that he felt like they were to accept, but it it meant some tricky things for some of my siblings and myself. Wow. Two of them could go with them, and then one stayed in the states, and then one brother and I went to boarding school in Switzerland. Which wow. you know that it's, I know not really not really a hardship in that way because we got to do a ton of traveling and all kinds of great experiences, which I value. But it was also a difficult time to not have family there with me walking through some difficult things. So really, I kind of stepped away from my faith for that time that I was there and ended up showing up at, you know, really living for the world much more so and ended up a freshman at Baylor with just a great sense of loneliness and insecurity, an eating disorder, really constantly striving for significance through the approval of other people and my own accomplishments. And then just through an amazing group of people and authentic community and people who were ready to pour into me and disciple me and all of these opportunities of living in spiritual community, the Lord just grabbed a hold of my heart again. And he's so faithful to do that. And surrendering to Jesus, I truly just repented again and understood the power of God's word and Christian community and discipleship and truly began to fall in love with Jesus again. And I'm just so grateful that he is faithful even when we are not. Wow. Oh my goodness. So how long did you live in Iran? We were in Iran for four years. Okay. Have Is that a place you ever now might be a different answer, but is that ever a place that you desired to go back or had have you gone back? Oh, Maddie, I love that you asked that. We were supposed to move back when I was in high school, and we were actually very excited about that. We had such deep friendships in Iran. Mm-hmm. The Iranian people are lovely, incredible people. Mm-hmm. And the the deep relationships we had with them were were fabulous. We loved living there. It's a it's a beautiful country and we were just so disheartened when mm. when with the Iranian revolution and then yeah. the way things are now. But I still even this week I still just pray that someday the Lord will give me the opportunity wow. to go back and I still pray even though we have lost contact because a lot of things have changed and you can't even call into Iran but we still have a lot of Iranian friends. I don't even know who is alive and who's mm. passed away mm. with all of the different things that have happened over the mm. last few decades. 
But I still pray for a lot of them by name. And I pray for the kids that they will have had by now and the grandchildren that they may have by now and Mm. that the Lord would draw them to himself and protect them for his glory. I just got chills. Wow, that's beautiful. Do Did you speak Farsi? Is that what they speak there? It is Farsi. We had classes in our school, Iranian culture studies. So we did have classes where we would learn Farsi and we'd learn all about the Iranian culture and the Iranian history. So I know a lot of different phrases in Farsi. And I've even gone back and in, I don't know, even during COVID, I was watching some YouTube videos on learning Farsi and trying to learn different phrases again as an adult. Yeah. So I have a little a little album with Farsi phrases okay. in my phone. That's amazing. One of my best friends was a linguist in the military and speaks Farsi. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's so awesome. Maybe if you guys ever got together, you guys could speak in Farsi. Do you want to go back to Switzerland? I'm sure. Have you been? I would love to go back to Switzerland when our daughter Ashley is going to be in Spain this summer doing missions. She's going to be doing some missions with refugees in Spain who are coming over from Morocco. And so when we visit her in Spain, we're going to take a little jaunt and head over to Switzerland. So fun. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So what does following Jesus in the day to day look like for you? Oh, it is such a gift, isn't it, to be able to follow him. I just enjoy the presence of the Lord, spending time in his word, spending time praying, singing hymns, just walking with him in that love, that security, that significance that he gives is just so powerful. And taking time to abide. I have Mm. a giant sign in our family room that I made with friends That just says abide, because I feel like that is his constant message in my life Mm. to just to just dig deep into him, to remain in his presence, to be able to listen to his voice, to look for him throughout the day in that living in that eternal perspective. I like to think of it like um, like we're dual citizens here. In the United States, we're citizens of the United States, but we're also citizens of heaven. Mm. And so we are living in that dual reality of we're supposed to fix our eyes on Jesus and we're supposed to live with our eyes on heaven. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. So I think of the Ukrainian Americans right now and how their hearts are just longing for their homeland Mm. and for their home country. And they're living here in the United States. They're going about their everyday lives. They're talking to people. They're going to work, raising their children. But their minds, their hearts, their speech, their longing, mm. it's its for their home country. Mm. And that's what that's my desire that throughout the day, how the Lord's challenging me throughout the day, that you're longing as you're going about your day-to-day life. I want my life to be living with that eternal perspective, that dual citizenship of here I am on earth, but he's in my thoughts all day long. I'm longing for his kingdom and longing to talk to other people about him as I go about my day. Mm, I love that. And even as you were saying that, you know, he gives you that significance and that joy and that you just love the day to day, like being present and you're with God and no one can see you, but I, I can see you, of course. And that that just oozes out of you. Like you are just so filled with his joy and his hope. Like I just feel that the second that I see your face, like it's just like 
he's put that in you, which is a testimony in itself for anyone that comes into contact with you, which is such a blessing. But just this last week, I was chatting with some gals and we were we watched that rope analogy by Francis Chan. That is such a good one. Oh my yes. goodness gracious. So we watched that. And if you haven't seen it, Francis Chan does this rope analogy where he brings this rope out and it's like a really, really long rope, like really, really long. And he says, imagine this rope is forever. It's eternity. And then at the very end of the rope, there's maybe an inch of red on the rope. And he's like, and this piece of red is your life. Yet so many of us are living for this little piece of red. How can I make myself so comfortable in this little piece of red? How can I save, save, save so that I can be so comfortable and maybe travel or this or that? Those aren't bad things, but like you're, we're so focused on the red. And I think that we just like, I need to watch that video every day. I just sat after and was just like, you know, your mind, it's just like, boom, like, whoa okay lord oh that's just crazy we can't even imagine i can't even wrap my head around eternity and you know and so just that sweet reminder that the lord continues to encourage us build up treasures in heaven keep your eyes fixed on eternity keep your eyes up so often our eyes are down on ourselves you know i'm stressed out about this today I'm sorry. I mean, I even think about Carolyn told me before this, I finally had to say, hey, I need to click record or I'm just going to want to talk to you for two hours and I'm not going to record. But we were talking, <laughs> I would have loved that too. Oh, I would have loved that too. Um, we were talking about how they're closing on a house. Hopefully that's not secret information. No, but, it's okay. not. So they're closing on a house soon and she hasn't even seen it. And her husband went and saw it. She hadn't even gone and looked at it yet. And they, they'd kind of FaceTime and stuff. But I'm even reminded in that moment, Carolyn, what I thought was not that anyone has to go out and not look at their house to trust the Lord. But I'm just like, I just see this deep trust like in you, just in the Lord of you were like, I trust my husband. I also trust the Lord. If this is the right house, the Lord will allow us to be here. Like, that's what I thought of and saw. So anyway, just back to, yeah, the the little short inch of red on the rope that's so long. Yes. Are we... Are we making decisions, Francis Chan says in like the video, are we making decisions that you might look a little crazy here on this inch and that might like might really affect you, your life on earth? And I say crazy, quote unquote, we're going to look crazy to the world. We devote our lives to Jesus. Or he's like, are you like the decisions you're making? How will they affect your millions and millions and millions and millions of years? We can't even wrap our head around that. But also just that freedom again, with you, with the house, with any situation we're in today, we have that freedom to remind ourselves, okay, keep my eyes fixed on eternity, millions and billions and billions. Like we can't even comprehend how long with Jesus. I I pray today, Lord, help me make decisions in light of eternity, not in light of making sure I have the most comfortable or X, Y, Z, just so fixated on this life here that, like you said earlier, is not my home. We're dual citizens. I want to be thinking about eternity. But that video, oh my gosh, I was just blown away. Yes. We had something similar. We had Ray Vanderlaan, who's a Bible teacher, and he he's done a lot of things through Focus on the Family in Israel. But we had him at our school a number of years ago to do some biblical worldview training. And one of the illustrations he gave us in his perfect personal life, I thought was so powerful I've always loved Psalm 90, Moses' Psalm, the oldest Psalm in the Bible, which says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
And it says, establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And you just hear that that passion in Moses, like, yes, Lord, please establish the work of our hands. But Ray Vanderlaan talked about, you know, if I were to live about 80 years, and I think he was about middle age at the time, he calculated the number of days he may still have left on this earth. And he bought this big glass floor size vase and little marble chips to to indicate every single day that he may potentially have left on this earth. Wow. And every single morning, he would take one out and he would just pray over it. Like, Lord, I'm never going to have this day again. And Lord, help me to use it for your glory. Help me to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit leading. Help me to walk in your presence and in your power today. Keeping that in mind throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, he would go back before the Lord and take that little chip and just say, you know, Lord, how did we do today? Did I miss any opportunities for you? Is there anything, anything where I stepped out of your will? And he would confess that. And I, I just have always remembered that thinking that was so powerful. And, and so often I can get distracted. I can desire my own comfort above what the Lord wants. And I can get distracted by the things around me. But that's always been such a powerful illustration for me. How will we spend this day? What opportunities will the Lord give us today? Whether it's even if you're home with one baby, maybe it's praying over that baby. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's praying over people that aren't even there, looking for people to talk to when you're talking to the lady at the Target checkout Mm -hmm. line or waiting in line at Starbucks. All of those opportunities that we have that we can miss out on if we're not focused on eternal perspective. Wow. Oh my gosh. My jaw literally dropped when you were saying the marble thing. What a picture and what a reminder every day. What? Our days are so numbered. Ugh, I feel like I'm gonna have to like reprocess that all day today. Oh my goodness. And like not to mention that we can't even imagine this eternity with Jesus. It's perfection. It's yes. There, every tear will be wiped away. There will be no tears. There will be no suffering. We'll be in perfect communion with Jesus. It will be perfect, and we don't even have a category for that. Like I, we, I try to like build this category in my head. Like, okay, surely, but I mean, we're so stained with sin here. We can't even begin to realize how beautiful heaven is going to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh goodness. Okay. What is one habit that you have cultivated that has changed your life? I think because of my background and some of the different things, some of the lies that I was believing, I have learned to speak the truth of scripture out loud. If I realize I'm believing a lie or falling into a mindset that is not godly, I will speak that truth out loud. Even in college, when I first learned this, we were going through a book called Search for Significance, which was so powerful for me. They they uh, recommended that you carry around a note card. That's before we had iPhones, so we oh, couldn't okay. have lock screens or anything <laughs> like that. But I literally carried around a note card that had four different verses on it. And it was just so good for me to remember there's nothing that I can do or say that will make God love me anymore. Mm. And there's nothing that I can do or say that will make God love me any less mm. And that was just so powerful for my heart. We have um, in our entryway, there's a big giant key that I think I got it at Hobby Lobby, but it reminds me of the key to the Bastille uh, prison that's hanging in Mount Vernon in in um, George Washington's old home. Mm-hmm. 
And it was given to him by Lafayette to remind him of freedom. Mm. And I just thought that was so powerful. So I bought that key. I have it hanging in our wow. entryway. And it just reminds me of the freedom that we have in Christ. And I have Galatians 5.1 printed attached to it. For freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And that's my daily reminder when I go out the door, when I walk by it during the day, that we need to stand firm in God's word and the truth of his word even if it means speaking it out loud, even if it means singing scripture out loud, if you think you are believing something that's not true and just stripping down that lie, putting up that truth of God's word. Wow. Oh my goodness. That having those tangible reminders that you get to see every day become so pivotal in your life and in in this case, or all your kids are out of the house now, but in your kids' lives and in anyone that steps into your home. I love the power of having scripture and things on our walls as we're inviting people in, like they're going to read them. You know what I mean? Yes. And they're going to ask about them. What a cool, the key that just is so powerful. I just recorded a podcast episode that will come out before this one. And it's so funny that you say that because I feel like the Lord continues to bring up Galatians 5.1 and Galatians, is it 5.13? Like that has been the anthem that he's been preaching over my life the last couple of years is just freedom. And yes. he just like keeps peeling back these layers of, gosh, you you have no idea how free you truly are in me. You know, yes. like look at these laws you've created for yourself or for others yes. or you're trying to impress people or do this or be the best of this. We're so free. We can't even, again, another thing we can't even wrap our minds around. And, and another yes. thing that when I look at you, I just like, I literally see freedom. Like you're living out of that freedom. Cause when we truly are living out of that freedom of Christ, gosh, yeah, we have, we have nothing to prove. Our eyes are fixed on Jesus. His joy and freedom overflows out of us when we're abiding in his truth. That freedom comes yes. from his word, his truth, through combating the lies of the enemy. And really in the last, yeah, like six months, especially, I feel like the Lord's lifted this veil over my eyes of like, you're so free. You don't even know how free you are. You are so yes. free. The second anything's like this pressure or like condemnation or weight. No, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's not from, that's not from me. You're so free. Yes. And isn't that interesting, Maddie, because I think so many people in general, but I think women especially end up under we those self-imposed yokes and mm -hmm. we can find ourselves back in those prisons again when Jesus says, no, like I blew the doors off of those. Like you I love Psalm 119.32, and it, one of the translations, I think it was actually the old NIV, but it says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Wow. And that's another one of my life verses, just picturing in his commands, in his word, there is freedom, and we can just run in that freedom with our hearts free in Christ. Oh, amen. I just want to like sit and bask in that. Like Anyone listening yes. today, if you are feeling like a weight or condemnation, shame, guilt. You are free from that. You're, you are yes. no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to the reign and rule of sin over your life. You are free from any 
if you've ever been listening to even this podcast and you have felt like, oh, I should do this and you feel any guilt or shame, that's not from the Lord. That is not from the Lord. You are free. And I feel like even in it almost like becomes tough, like you were saying, women in even Christian circles, it's like, gosh, you know, I should do this. I need to do more. This person's doing this. Sisters listening, brothers, like we're so you're just so free in the Lord. Oh, thanks for sharing those things. The the note card. It's crazy to think back. I'm still a note card gal, though. Are you a note card gal? Note card? cards are still good. I, lo- I yes. love note cards. I have them ta- taped up around my house. My mom probably doesn't approve. It looks a little janky, but um, she does approve because there's <laughs> scripture on them. So, okay. What is a lie about God that you've believed that he has had to or maybe still is uprooting in your heart? I would say one of the biggest ones that I think of is for years and years, it was my performance plus what other people think about me. That is my value. That is my identity. And I think some of that can come from self-imposed pressure, personality, experiences, that type of thing. But truly believing that and feeling like if I didn't perform perfectly, that maybe God didn't love me as much. If I didn't do all of the things just right. And so I had to just step back from that and just remember the truth of God's word. My value is rooted in who I am in Christ and who he is. He's faithful. I'm a child of God. I can live in that truth. And I just like to think of I'm loved, accepted, secure, significant. And that's so easy. I've shared that with so many students and other people over the years. Just I am alas, L-A-S-S. I'm loved, accepted, secure, significant. Even if we have to say that Mm. aloud to remind ourselves of that, I think it's just so powerful. Mm. I love that. Last, tell us about a time or season of suffering and how you saw the Lord show up in it. Mm. The Lord just uses suffering so much to sanctify us and make us more like him. But before the first time we really suffered, I think I just truly believed being more of an optimistic, positive person. I just thought, wow, you follow Jesus and life is good. He just answers all of your prayers and things will be good. We won't have to suffer. And I don't know how I skipped over all of those Bible verses about suffering. I felt like I truly didn't see them, even though I had already read through the Bible at this point in time a few times. But um, when my husband and I had, we had our oldest child, he was about a year old and we were pregnant with twins. We actually even prayed to have twins. Wow. And we just said, Lord, you don't need to answer that, but we'd love to have twins mm-hmm. in our family. And we shared that with other people. I was pregnant with twins mm-hmm. and we were so excited about these twin boys that we were going to have to add to our family. But as the pregnancy went on, we found out there were a lot of complications. And sadly, they ended up being born early, just a, like a little over two months early. Now they probably could have saved them at that point in time. They were not able to do that. And they had a lot of other issues that they had developed throughout the pregnancy. And so we um, sat there after after months on bed rest. We were in the hospital. Um, our first son, Wade, was his name. And he passed away after two days. Mm. We got to hold him. We got to pray scripture over him. Mm, we got to wow. sing Jesus loves me to oh. him and tell him about heaven, knowing that he would be um, leaving us soon. Mm -hmm. And then four days um, after after their birth, our other son, Tyler, passed away also. Mm -hmm. And that just truly rocked my theology. I'm like, Lord, wait. I thought, like, we pray, you answer our prayers, right? Isn't that who you are? 
And the Lord just allowed me to press deeply into him, just drew me into who he really is. And not that we ever had any answers, but as I was crying out to God in that in that hospital when what, Wade had already died, Tyler was struggling in the NICU, and like, God, I'm reading Isaiah 40 about how powerful you are. You hold the all of the mountains, all the waters of the oceans in your hands. It's nothing for you to heal our son. Like, why aren't you healing him? And just the presence of the Lord just drawing me in, like, just trust me. Just trust me. I love you. Just through his word, through his, the Holy Spirit. And and he just held us during that time, just drew us closer to himself, even though it was so, so difficult. And just the peace that he gave us in the midst of the heartache mm-hmm. and when we were blinded by our pain and by our tears, that he still comforted us and loved us. And we were able to have a little funeral service and our brother-in-law Laird brought his guitar and just, we just said, let's sing great is thy faithfulness because we're going to praise him anyway. This little casket that our two dads built together and our moms both made a, a blanket to go inside with their names stitched on it. And then just a few months after that, our our son Jordan, who just had turned two, was diagnosed with cancer. And we were still broken, still healing, still grieving. And now we had this news that he had cancer. At that time, they said that cancer was um, only 5% curable. So we knew now God sometimes answers no to our prayers, that we can still trust him, but he answers no. So... This was such scary news. We walked through a major surgery. Jordan had a tumor taken out that was larger than a grapefruit from his little tiny two-year-old tummy. He lost part of his intestine. He had a central line catheter put in. But the Lord's hand was just with us. Even when we felt overwhelmed with fear, he would just overwhelm us with his presence. And we know, God, you're with us. No matter what happens, we know you're with us. People all over the country were praying. And Maddie, it was the most amazing thing. The doctors came in after they had already given us the diagnosis, all that he was going to have to do. Doctors would come in crying because here's this cute little little two-year-old boy who only has a 5% chance of living. They came back in after all of the biopsies and said, we don't understand it, but now it's this other kind of tumor, Wilms tumor, which was just completely flipped. That one was 90% curable. They said, don't get your hopes up. We had a whole team of doctors in there. We all concurred. We're positive. It was neuroblastoma. It's probably that. They repeated the biopsy. They kept coming back like, we don't get it. Something changed. It's this other kind of cancer now. It really is different than what we saw in the surgery. And we just said, it's the Lord. (laughs) All of these people all over the country are praying and it's the Lord. So Jordan still had to go through a year and a half of chemotherapy. Thankfully, he didn't have to have radiation. And so um, that's, that's just another answer to prayer. But through that, watching him his brokenness, watching his body being broken, trying to pick him up as he was crying out in pain and just saying, mommy, hold me after surgery and trying to lift him up and crying out to the Lord as he was in pain, like, God, I can't even lift up my little boy to comfort him. His body's broken and bleeding and tubes all over. And again, the Lord just impressing on my heart, his word about 
Like my son was broken. My son was bleeding because I love you so much. Look at my love for you in this moment. And I'm with you. And being able to press more deeply into into Jesus at that time was amazing. You know, we know Philippians 3.10, it's it's, you know, as we memorize verses, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't really want to say that one. That's the part that says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Mm-hmm. And the Lord allowed us to share in his suffering to enable us, or I don't say to enable us that that was his purpose, but I know he uses suffering to draw us closer to him. And again, I felt like you mentioned the veil being pulled back. Truly, I believe the Lord just pulled back the veil and just invited us into a deeper space in that relationship with him where we could know him better and know his comfort and his love and his peace at a much deeper level than we would have ever experienced had we not gone through that time. Wow. Praise the Lord. How is Jordan? Jordan's how old is he today? Jordan is 31, and he and Emily have Brielle, who's a beautiful two-year-old, and wow. he's doing so well, and they they just all love Jesus, and they're raising her up to love Jesus. Mm. We're just so grateful. Wow. Thanks for sharing that and just, yeah, reminding us of, I'm I'm reminded of, he brings beauty from ashes, you know, and what, yes. how he used that in your guys' lives, and it's still a testimony today, Tyler and Wade's life is bringing God's name glory today. Yes, so true. So to shift a little bit, you are a mama of four. So please share with us your parenting wisdom. And I, like I said before, I have the privilege of knowing one of your amazing children, Ashley, and she is unreal. Um, But there's a few questions in here and then I'll just let you kind of go at it. But what is a piece of encouragement you have for parents with children still in the home and maybe what's something you wish you would have known when raising littles and really just anything you want to share it with us. We want to hear it. Oh, absolutely. Parenting is so amazing, but we know any parent out there knows it can be so hard and demanding. So first I would just say to parents, don't be so hard on yourself extend grace to yourself. One moment you can feel like you are the best parent in the world, like, wow, that went so well. And then, you know, five minutes later, I'm the worst parent in the world. How could I do that? And so Scott and I, like we fell so short in our parenting, but the Lord in his faithfulness just provided so many things. There were so many nights I would pray over our kids after they were in bed. And I would just ask God to make up the difference between what I was able to provide them that day and what they really needed. And like, Lord, would you just fill in all of that? And would you just overwhelm them with your peace, your love, your glory? So those are, you know, first of all, just parents, give yourself grace. One of the things I think the Lord convicted me about in our parenting was that sometimes I was more concerned about what other people thought about my children's behavior than really their heart. And if they were misbehaving, like, oh no, that person saw that when the Lord was just pressing into me, Carolyn, it's more important that this sin is grieving my heart. Wow. So to, I, I believe he taught me little by little to take myself out of the equation more and just try to focus on them, look at them and what was going on with them. I think as advice, I would just encourage parents, keep showing them the gospel, keep talking to them about 
King Jesus and how he wants us to live, how much he loves them, who they are in Christ. Speak that over them. Pray that over them. I would pray for our kids every day before they headed off to school or as we were, if I was driving them to school, as we got to a certain point, it's like, okay, we're going to pray now. And just we we would pray and we would pray for, you know, their teachers, their classmates, their friends, thank them for who God is. But then just like, Lord, thank you that Jordan, Sarah, Ashley, Nathan, they are yours. Thank you that you are living in them as their savior. Just reminding our kids of whose they are and who they are in Christ. Even writing it on the mirrors in our bathrooms was a fun way to remind them of their identity. Like holy and dearly loved, I would put on the mirror or loved with an everlasting love and just child of God, all of those things so that they could see those visual reminders of here's who you are because of who God is. And then I would say, just let them know. It's okay to let them know that mommy, daddy, they need Jesus too. They need his grace as well. It's okay to apologize to them. It's okay to say, well, that that wasn't the best way to handle that. I ask your forgiveness and the Lord's teaching me as well. And just have fun, laugh together, enjoy the season. It goes so quickly, even though it does not feel like it in the in the moment. Mm, those are so helpful. The thing that you said about how often we think about just what someone else is thinking about our child rather than how the sin grieves God. I was like, whoa, because that becomes so easy to just like want your child almost to perform, right? Like then you're yes. placing this like yoke of performance on your child. And you're like, exactly. no, I can literally think of a time. This was probably like three or four months ago that Zan just yelled at an adult, yelled back, like so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And I was just mortified. Yes. Like I go to my other mentor friend and I'm like, I am just so mortified. And I'm sure they just think that we do that or he does that all the time. And he's a sinner. So he, but I'm like, oh, I was just mortified how disrespectful he was. And, and yeah, she was just so sweet to like free me up from thinking what they thought and, and reminding me of her like little girls. And she's like, remember when one of my little girls is like walking through something, you just get to look at them and say, Hey, we're, I'm, I'm sorry. We're working on that. And, and, but also you're free from whatever they thought because my little three-year-old's a sinner and we're asking the Lord to transform his heart, like, and my heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is such a good word. And I love your, that phrase even, because that's so helpful to just have in your pocket. Like we're working on that. <laughs> yeah. And for the kids to know too, like we, we are all in that sanctification process and none of us are there yet until we meet Jesus face to face and we get our glorified bodies we're all being sanctified yeah. and how how good and freeing for them to hear that. I love that phrase, Maddie. That That's was terrific. my friend. I literally was like, that brought me so much freedom. I was like, okay, yeah, I can admit because like you just said, we all are. I can say that in my own life. Like, I'm really sorry for this. The Lord and I are working on it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about my three-year-old. We're working on it. And oh, but it's so humbling. It is. Okay, so I always ask my guests what they're passionate about prior to the episode. And one thing that you said you are passionate about is studying the Bible. So tell us about that and why it's important. Yes. Well, first of all, it's his living and active word. So 
every time we open the Bible, we should expect to meet the Lord in that place, and we should expect to be changed there. When our kids were little, I was part of Bible study fellowship for a number of years. Fantastic ministry. I learned so much and grew so much. But in their children's program, they take out a Bible and they let the kid, they hold it out to the little two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four-year-olds. And they'll say, this is God's word. Do you want to touch it? And the kids will go, yes. And they'll touch God's word and just have that reverence and awe. Like, wow, this is God's word. But we get to be in his life-changing word anytime we want. The creator of the universe, that he wants to reveal himself to us through his word. We can get to know, when we get to know the word of God, we get to know the God of the word. The more time we spend in the word, we the more we know him, the more we become like him. Oswald Chambers has this great quote that I've lo- I love. Once the joy of intimacy with God has been experienced, Life becomes unbearable without it. Wow. Once you've been in that deep, intimate space with him, you don't want to live without it. And I told women recent, a group of women recently as we were studying a passage, read the Bible like your life depends on it, because it does. Mm-hmm. We live in a world where it's really hard to know what is true. It's hard to know what to believe. We kind of have two different sets of new stories and what is truth? How can we know truth? But we know that God's word is true and we have access to it. And when we're standing in that truth and when we're filtering all that we are reading and experiencing through his truth, that is going to keep us from, again, going back into captivity, going back into bondage. It's going to give us that joy, that freedom, that peace in Christ, that depending on our feelings, our experiences, What this person says or what that person says is never going to have the same impact, and it's going to lead us astray. So that timeless truth, that solid rock that has an eternal impact on us and also those around us as we're impacted, that has that ripple effect on other people around us. Wow. So there may be and probably are people listening that do long to study their Bible, but maybe they're intimidated by it or they just don't know where to start. And that's totally okay. But could you speak into some helpful tips that you have learned over the years for studying your Bible that could be helpful? Yes. And I would say if you are if you're not having the desire to read God's word, just pray for that desire. It's that's a prayer God loves to answer. Mm-hmm. Give him ask him to give you that desire for his word and then just step up and and do mm-hmm. it. And wherever wherever uh, you have time and space, I I encourage you get into God's word. Pray first, ask God to have understanding of his word. That's part of the Holy Spirit's job is to help us understand God's word. And be expectant. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 talks about just like when rain and snow come down from heaven, they're going to water the ground. They're going to make the flowers grow. God's word is not going to return empty. So when we read his word, even if we're not seeing a difference, we know his word is not going to return empty and it's going to make a difference. So it will look different in different seasons of your life. I'm in a season right now where I have so much time to study God's word, and it's it's amazing, and I love this season. If you are a season, if you're in a season where you have a baby or a bunch of little ones at home, it's harder. And so, to give yourself freedom again to know it's going to look different in different seasons, 
You might have to change and revise your expectations of what that looks like. Maybe it's reading while you are feeding your baby and and you're not going to have the same time to sit and write much. Maybe it's printing a passage. I talked to a woman recently who printed off a passage when she had a newborn and she had that with her. Every time she sat and nursed her baby, she would just read. And she's actually memorized an entire, the whole book of Ephesians actually during, during um, this, this time of feeding her baby. Maybe it's one verse that you just have on a sticky note somewhere and you just keep looking up at that one verse and take that verse and just Keep thinking about that verse in a different way. Emphasize a different word. Even if it's just one that you've already known, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, what does what does that look like? No condemnation. Emphasizing different words makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Listening, you can listen to God's word if you feel like there's not, if, you're, if you are very hands-on, but also it could be sitting on the floor with your kids reading the Bible out loud while they're playing. Mm. Even five minutes makes a difference and it's absolutely worth it. Any time that you put into God's word is worth it. And the more time you put into God's word, the more you are going to grow and get out of it. Mm. I think if you if you are looking for a quick, what's a quick, easy way? I don't know what to study or where to study. You could start with one of the gospels. John is a great gospel to start with. Mark is the shortest gospel. So if you haven't been that familiar with God's word, you can also turn to the Gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters. And just take a chapter a day. I had a great mentor at Baylor who taught me to just fold our paper. There were a few of us around her kitchen table. She had us take a piece of notebook paper and fold it into three sections. The first section was observation. And we would read a few verses and we would just write down, what what is it saying? What does it say? We just jot down things. Observation. The next section was interpretation. What does it mean? What did this author through the Holy Spirit intend for this passage to mean? Like, what are God's attributes that we see there? What are things that they're being told to do? And then application was that third section. What? How does this change the way that I live? How does God want me to apply it? There's a, a short little acronym, Bruce Wilkinson <clears throat> created this years ago, and I've always found it to be so helpful. He uses specs, S-P-E-C-S, like glasses. Mm -hmm. So is there a sin to confess when we're looking for application? Is there a promise to claim? Is there an example to follow? Is there a command to obey? Is there a stumbling block to avoid? And so I would say it is so life-changing whatever amount of time you have, setting your clock early if you can, 15, 20 minutes early, you're going to be so amazed at the difference that it makes and you're not going to want to stop. But also know, just like eating healthy food, you're not going to desire it until you start doing it. When you start working out, you feel so much better. You see the difference it's making in your life. So you want to keep working out, but you're not going to feel that until you start working out. So it's that same concept. Just jump in today, even if it's five minutes today, commit to that and keep going and God will absolutely honor it and use it in a powerful way in your life. Mm, those are so helpful. I love the specs. That is, Those are such sweet questions that have depth that make you really think and process through what you read. And the last yes. thing that you said 
Um, there's a quote that I heard before I really was committed to following Jesus wholeheartedly, but the Lord like brings it in my head probably weekly. And we've said it many times on the podcast. I wish I knew. I heard it in a sermon. I wish I could remember who said it. So I give them credit every time I say it. But the quote is you hunger for what you feed on, which is basically what you just said. So if I feed on social media, I'm going to hunger for social media. If I'm feeding on God's word, I'm going to hunger for it. And so that reminded me of that. But thanks for those amazing tips. I'm excited to do specs. And yeah, just that reminder, five minutes makes a difference. His word does not return void. How beautiful, how freeing, even like you were saying, you having scripture all over your house or having prints. When we read those, I have a huge print of all of Psalm 91 in our main life room. And actually my babysitter- um, just told me last week, she's like, we were, we were talking about Psalm 91 or something. She's like, Oh, I can't help but like read it every, I'm like, that's why it's there. Like when I'm playing and laying on the ground, yes. like, you know, whoever dwells in the shelter in the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. Like you're able to, th- that doesn't return void. The poster on my wall is God's word. It doesn't return void. Absolutely. Okay. So another thing you're passionate about is prayer. So talk to us about that. Well, I've just seen the power of prayer in my life so many times over the years, from the time I was a very young child, when right after I accepted Christ in Tehran, my mom, as I said, was a new believer. And this was one of the first prayers that I saw answered. I had injured myself um, at a friend's house. So I had to stay home from school and go to the doctor. And she was going to go that day to get a Bible. And you couldn't buy Bibles in Iran. It was illegal. But there was a place, it was a kind of an underground Bible store, and it was just in someone's apartment, and they would only open it up once a month, a little Christian bookstore, and people would sneak things into the country. So my mom was so excited to get a Bible that she could read, and she was so desperate for God's Word. She had this big one that they had received as a wedding gift, but it was King James and hard to understand, tiny font. So she was looking forward to this. She couldn't go that day because I was injured. And so she called her friend who was going to take her because no one knew the location except a few people. And she was just praying that she would still get her Bible, that maybe her friend would offer and say, hey, I'll pick one up for you. But her friend didn't offer. And my mom was just crushed, but she still just kept praying, God, please give me a Bible that I can read. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait another month. So she took me to this grocery store after the doctor appointment. And she said, why don't you go pick out a coloring book over there? So we walked over to the area where it just had a few coloring books normally, some Iranian newspapers, a couple of books, mostly in Farsi. And in the middle of this section where they had newspapers, coloring books, and other books, there was a green living Bible, which is the exact one she was going to buy that some of her friends had sitting in the middle of the grocery store on this table. And my mom just looked, picked it up and just said, is this really here? Am I just imagining this? This is just what I wanted to buy. And so she, you know, quickly we grabbed the other things, ran over to the checkout and she said, how much is this? And the man just looked and he said, I don't know. I've never seen one of those here before. Wow. What is it? Uh, An American book. Okay. And he told her, like, here's how much to pay for it. I don't know if it was like 20 reals at that point. She paid for it and just was so overjoyed and said, Carolyn, this is an answer to prayer. I prayed for a Bible and God gave me a Bible in the middle of this Iranian grocery store. 
There was never another Bible in any of the stores there, Maddie. <gasps> Clearly that Bible, we don't know how it oh, got wow. there. But God had gone before her and provided her with a Bible and answer to her prayer. And he's a faithful yeah. God. So seeing answers to prayer like that has encouraged me to pray big, bold prayers and watch the Lord work. We don't know why he invites us in to, uh, to ask him and to that he chooses to answer, but he does. And it builds our faith and we get to learn to depend on him more and more and see his faithfulness as a good father who longs to give good gifts to his children. Wow. Yeah, that's that story is unreal. I mean, the fact that it's in the middle of a grocery store at Iran, like, yeah, like, no one can understand that. Like, this just wouldn't happen. Like, this would not it happen. It would not. Wow. It would not. Completely illegal. Yes. Completely illegal. And never in the past had one been there. It was so awesome. Praise the Lord. He can do whatever he wants. Like, he, you know? He can. Okay, so any tangible tips that have been helpful for you on improving your prayer life over the years? And could you share those with us? Well, one thing that's been very helpful is journaling. And I just buy notebooks, like five-star notebooks from Target. And I use those. I used to have all the really cute ones. And then they started to take up too much room as I as I used them up. But that helps keep me focused. The One of the biggest complaints a lot of people have about prayer is, oh, I get distracted. And pretty soon I'm just thinking about my to-do list mm-hmm. for that day. Journaling helps me to stay focused in my prayer. And one of the things I start out with, it's the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, and adoration. So I'll just, I'll just, you know, how can I praise God today? The way I do that, I do a lot of prayer with in conjunction with God's word. So I'll open it up to and read a psalm each morning in my quiet time, first off, because I want my mind fixed on him and his attributes, who he is. So I can just pray that back to him, like, Lord, like, blessed be your name. You are the giver of all good gifts. Um, Heaven and earth declare your glory, God, and I declare your glory. So I can jot down prayers in my journal, keeping me focused on prayer. So adoration. The next is confession. So what I'll write in my journal then is just search me, O God. And that's from Psalm 139. And just asking God, Lord, if there's sin in my life, that I didn't realize I want to be clean before you. So I'll I'll write, search me, oh God, and then I'll just put my pen down and ask the Holy Spirit to show me if there's sin. And oftentimes there will be like, oh, you know what? That was that was kind of prideful when you said that or when you thought that or whatever the case may be. Uh, you weren't very compassionate to that person. You were more concerned about your comfort. So I'll confess that to him because I want to be clean before him. The T is Thanksgiving. And taking time to just slow down and thank him for the things he's given to me, the blessing of his presence, having this husband who loves Jesus and kids who love kids and in-laws and little granddaughters who are being raised up to love Jesus, all those things that we can slow down and we're told in scripture over and over again to be thankful. That attitude of gratitude, we know not only is it being obedient to God, It gives him joy. It's also so good for us as well to be present in the moment. And then the S, that fancy word supplication, really asking. So now I've already focused on him, confessed my sin. I've thanked him for his good gifts. 
And now, okay, God, here are things that that I want to ask you for, things that are on my heart and bringing those things before him. I think when we pray scripture, that's another very helpful thing because we know God promises he will answer when we pray according to his will. When we pray in Jesus's name, which is according to Jesus's character and Jesus's will. So when we pray scripture, we know that that is his will. So as as I'm reading the Bible, if a verse pops out like, oh, God, would you please help me to love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Help Scott to love you with his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jordan, Emily, you know, we go on. All of those things, when we're praying scripture, we can pray with confidence, knowing that he will answer because it's his word. And then finally, just just talking to him. In, in prayer, I think we can get hung up on, oh, I'm not doing it right. It's really just being with him and talking with him and conversing with him throughout the day. God, I'm going to I'm going into this meeting now. Would you give me your words? God, you know, I'm leading this group now. Give me your heart for these people. Give me what you want to say. I think it's exciting to see the more we pray for other people, the more we develop a heart mm. like God has for those people. The more we pray for Others, the more we love those people and the more we can love them, therefore, like the Lord wants us to love them. Wow. Yeah. The What you just said, the more that we pray for other people, the more that the Lord develops a heart, his heart in us for them. Whew. Yes. That's a word that just that reminder. Yeah. That hard person that is hard to love. Gosh, I probably haven't spent a moment praying for them and reminding myself, they're a child of God. We are the exact same. Yes. What is God's heart for yes. them? Yes. Then we see we start to see others as image bearers as mm. they are. That every person is an image bearer of God. Everyone was created in mm. God's image. Whether they have chosen Christ or not, every person mm. is an image bearer of God. And to treat them with dignity and respect, mm. to love them because of that. I love that. Okay, so you're passionate about missions, specifically mission trips to Honduras. So talk to us about that. And you already said this, but it's just amazing that you speak Spanish and so does your daughter. Denny, your other kids, how, how many languages do all your children speak? I, I speak, yes, I speak English and Spanish. And I would say I know a lot of phrases in yeah. a lot of other languages. And all of our kids speak some Spanish, Cool. some more than others. But all of them speak some Spanish. And some of that is from, a lot of that is from mission trips and experiences. But we've had the amazing blessing of being able to take mission trips to Honduras, Guatemala, Dominican Republic. But definitely Honduras is a ministry with World Gospel Outreach is a ministry we've been involved with for a number of years and have taken a lot of trips there. Mission trips are fantastic missions in general because God has a heart for the nations and when we are reaching out to others, even in the Great Commission, we're called to go and make disciples of every nation. So being able to go, whether it's short term, whether it's long term, whether it's going even downtown in your city, as we have so many of the nations right here in the United States, to have that heart for the nations like the Lord has. And one of the things we've loved is being able to serve as the body of Christ alongside our Latin American brothers and sisters in Christ and watching the Lord use the the church of Christ together. And as we have brought down different things and some medical teams and 
to do evangelism side by side with them, to be able to share the hope that we have in Christ, to be able to share what God's word says. As a lot of the places we've gone, people don't have God's word. They don't have access to God's word. They can't afford a Bible. So to be able to come and bring Bibles, to show them what God's word says has been amazing and to watch people understand the gospel for the first time. So many people in those Latin American countries don't under, there are many of them who don't understand the grace of God. And so to be able to show them that, that he loves you so much, no matter what you've done, that he desires to draw you into a relationship with him has been amazing. And to see the power of the gospel work in people's lives builds our faith as well. We have just also been just been excited to see how God uses that then in people's lives when they come back to the United States. And now they've seen the Lord working. They've mm-hmm. been out of their comfort zone. And a lot of times we have to get out of our comfort zone to really be stretched by the Lord and to depend on his Holy Spirit. So whatever that looks like for you to get out of your comfort zone, depend on his Holy Spirit, to be open to share God's word with other people and to watch him work in powerful ways because his gospel is powerful and we can expect him to draw people to himself through the power of his word and through the power of the gospel. Wow. When is the last time that you got to go to Honduras and are you planning to go again anytime soon? Yes, things just opened back up recently. So we're excited to go this early this fall. And we went shortly, I guess the summer right before COVID hit. We were going to go again that summer of COVID when it first started. But um, it's been, yes, Scott and I went with a team of others, and Ashley got to go with us. Amazing. On that trip, Nathan got to go with us on that trip, along with some other people from church and from the community here in Des Moines. And do you know when you go back there, do you know the people that you've like you get to see them that you've built relationships with, or is it typically at a different spot? We'll go to different spots to do brigades, but we do get to see a lot of the same people that we partner with there because we do partner with the local churches. Okay. So that they can continue to follow okay. up and disciple disciple new believers. And it's very much a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's us coming alongside of what they are already doing and joining them in that work. So cool. And it's so beautiful for God to see the Lord work with the, you know, the big yeah. C church together wow. with Jesus as the What's head. The um nonprofit or what is it that it's through again? It's called World Gospel okay. Outreach. And they provide, we provide medical brigades to parts of the city where people would never, they would never be able to receive or afford the medical care that they need or the medicine that they need. Very, very impoverished areas. And I have to tell you, Maddie, when we're there, I learn so much more from them than I ever teach them. I come away just blown away. So much of what we do also is coming alongside of the believers who have who are struggling with maybe physical things because they live in a very dangerous neighborhood. They don't have enough food for their family. One woman in particular that I was um, sitting down with and we shared a lot of time together, read scripture together, prayed together, but she just said, Jesus is healing my heart. And I've thought of that so many times because she had been raped in this dangerous neighborhood. Her husband had been um, attacked. He was an invalid in bed. 
She had these two beautiful daughters who here they would have been just rock star volleyball players, like middle hitters, tall, strong. There they didn't, they weren't able to go to school. They didn't have even appropriate clothing for them. They didn't have enough food. She was walking with a cane, even though she was a lot younger than I am. Yet she said, but I know Jesus and and Jesus is healing my heart. And I know he's going to take care of us. I am so challenged by my own desire for comfort when I am with these people. I'm so challenged by their contentment. I'm so challenged by their perseverance. And I see all that they have to overcome. And then as we partner with them, we're able to reach out to so many people who don't know Jesus and who go to church maybe a couple of times a year, but have have been told, because you've done this, like you're out, you can't accept Christ. And when you see even gang members sitting across from them, showing them God's word and what it says, and to see the tears streaming down their face as they come into a relationship with Jesus and realize the truth of the gospel, it is so exciting. Wow. Okay, what does discipleship look like for you in this season of life? Well, one thing it looks like having a lot of coffee with other people at various coffee shops. Isn't that fun? I love it. But it it looks like meeting up with lots of different people. We're called to be disciples who make disciples. And so to be intentional, to be prayerful about that is something that the Lord has placed on my heart. And as I'm meeting up with people, what, you know, asking them intentional questions, what's God teaching you right now? Uh, Here's what he's teaching me. How can I be praying for you? I'm not being afraid to ask those difficult questions in love, those questions that maybe we'll dig a little bit deeper. Howard Hendricks, I think, is the one who first said to be a fat Christian. And fat stands for faithful, available, and teachable. Mm -hmm. And faithful, I want to be faithful to love the Lord and love others well, available. Sometimes we can get so busy that we're not available. So to be able to ask the Lord to show us where would some of that availability be? Maybe it's taking a walk with another mom and talking in, in that time. And then also to be teachable. People, as I meet with other people, we're all learning from mm-hmm. each other. And I I can share some things that God is teaching me. I'm learning from them. Even if they're, you know, no matter what the age is, if the, I'm learning from some of my friends who are in their young 20s, I'm learning that zealousness and that joy. I've learned to be more authentic by hanging around with some of my younger friends to see like that is really powerful. And God calls us mm-hmm. to that. So to be learning from each other. One really sweet group that I'm a part of this year is a group of women from our church, Keystone Church. And we are all teaching in various parts of the church, whether it is women's ministry, like a few of us are, or or the college ministry, or middle school and high schoolers. And there was a class I wanted to take that would help me grow in teaching God's word. And so I asked a few of them, and they asked a few of the others. And so we have... We have seven of us from 20s to 50s. We are all meeting together as we go through this class together. We're creating outlines on passages of scripture. We're sharing them with each other. We're giving each other feedback. All of us are learning and growing so much together. And we just love it. It's one of my favorite groups that I get to meet with. That's so cool. What is that through? Is it an online class that then you guys are all doing together? It is. It's called Charles Simeon Trust. 
And it is fantastic. It's called First Principles for Women. And it goes through, here's how to teach God's word and how to not go above the line of scripture and add things, not to go below the line and leave out things because it's too hard or too challenging, or maybe people won't like it. All of us are learning so much. And I see it coming out in my own teaching. I see it coming out in the teaching of the other women that, that I'm privileged to teach God's word with. And it's exciting to learn, to grow together. So I think for people, whatever they're doing, whatever you want to learn, ask someone else to come alongside and learn and grow, do it together and watch the Lord work as we want to be those disciples who are making disciples. I love that. Okay. This question wasn't on, I didn't send this to you before, but I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, I got the privilege of hearing so much about your marriage and things you had learned back at my friend's bachelorette party that I had Carolyn come speak at. But just give us, and I'm putting you on the spot, but just talk to us a little bit about marriage and any wisdom that the Lord brings to the top of your mind about, yeah, pursuing unity in marriage and encouraging each other, keeping each other accountable. Yeah, just marriage. Any wisdom yes. you have for us? Yes, absolutely. Like parenting, marriage is wonderful. It can also be difficult. So if anyone is discouraged out there in their marriage, keep bringing that before the Lord. Keep praying. Because Scott and I, have we have a, a wonderful marriage, but we've gone through some difficult times together as well. And it's amazing to see how the Lord can work and how he can restore the joy and the unity and the deep, deep love that we have for each other and for him. And so I want to encourage people with that. It's absolutely worth any work that you put into it. But Scott is my just greatest cheerleader, and he is my faithful prayer warrior. He encourages me with the truth of God's word, and he shows me the gospel through the way that he loves and serves our family every day. So I'm so thankful for him. One thing we started doing even when we were dating is praying together every night before we go to bed. And that's just powerful. That helps us to stay spiritually united and connected. We talk to each other about what's going on that day. How can I pray for you today? What do you have going on? What meetings? Anything difficult? How can, you know, wisdom for these different things. And it's exciting to be able to share those things and watch the Lord work and answer prayer. Just seeking each other's advice, encouraging each other with truth, always believing the best about each other, not not ascribing motives to the other person's actions, yeah. but to to believe the best about them and to to pray scripture for them, to pray those attributes of the fruit of the spirit for them, to pray that they would love the Lord wholeheartedly as I'm praying that for myself as well. And God is so faithful to answer those prayers. Mm-hmm. Serving together also mm-hmm. is is wonderful. It's easy sometimes, I think, in today's church, to have one to have the wife serving over here and the husband serving over here, which which we do also. But is there a place where you are serving together in ministry? That's powerful to be able to, even if it's in your neighborhood, to be able to serve the Lord together. And it's powerful to bring your kids into that also if you have mm, children. I love that. So those are just a couple of things off of the top of my head. But yeah. yes, pray, communicate validate the other, validate your spouse, encourage them, speak truth in love to them. I love that. Um, You had told me this at that 
bachelorette weekend that you came and spoke at. What is the piece of scripture, if you remember, that you pray over them? He said yes. apart that he would see himself with a sober mind. Or can you share with that what you pray over your family, but your Absolutely. Husband? Yes, absolutely. Romans 12 is one of the passages that I pray every day over Scott. And I heard it broken down in the in five different five different sections. And so that's what I pray each day. And from Romans 12, it's you can start them all with an S, but it's that we, he would be surrendered to the Lord and fully and completely surrendered. And as we look at that wholeheartedly following Jesus and then not being conformed to the world, but transformed. So set apart mm. from the world, transformed by the renewing of his mind is Romans 12 two, that he would be sober in self-assessment. The uh, verse three says that he would not think of himself too high or too low. I, I want him to know who he is in Christ and to be confident, secure in that is another thing that I pray each day. And, and the Lord has answered that in such big ways that he would serve in love and that his love would be sincere and full of compassion. And then finally, that he would supernaturally respond to evil and be protected from evil. And that would be, I would add to that, the evil one, the evil in the world, and then also our own flesh. So those are the five things that I pray each day. And I pray other other different scriptures as well. But those are just five anchor points to pray each day for him and for also for each of our kids. I love that. What is a piece of scripture that the Lord is currently using to encourage, exhort, or convict you with lately? We just finished studying the book of Colossians in our women's ministry. And after studying before we taught it has just gone so deep into my soul. I feel like the Lord just keeps teaching me similar truths, but they go down deeper and I understand them at a deeper level. Right now, Colossians 1, 27 and 2, 6 have been so powerful. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then also, just as you received Christ, so walk in him. And when we think about Christ in you, Christ, Christ in you, Paul just finished in Colossians talking about how Jesus is in all things, and all things were created through him, for him, by him. He is supreme. He's sufficient. And then he tells us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we know that, but to just stop and really think, wow, what does that mean for me? I think years ago, I pictured Jesus more like my high school swim team coach, who would be there on the sidelines cheering me on, like, way to go, girl, you've got this, you've got this. And then maybe when I struggled enough in my race, then I would need to depend on him. But that he's like, no, I am in you. I'm the one working through you. It's not you and in your own strength. So to picture just as you received Christ, so walk in him. We know we received Christ by grace and through faith. So now we walk in him by grace through faith and when I fall short, it's like, okay, God, it's by grace through faith that I'm walking in you. It's not in my own strength. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to fall back into that trap of thinking I need to achieve and do all of the things, but that that Christian life is walking with Jesus by grace through faith, his grace upon grace, and just Christ in me. That is the hope of glory, not anything that Caroline can ever conjure up in her own strength, which would fall short anyway, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. Mm, that's so encouraging. Okay. So someone out there is possibly listening to this and maybe for the first time thinking, okay, I want to respond to the gospel. I want to know and follow mm. 
Jesus, what is a tangible next Mm -hmm. step for them and what advice might you have for them? Yeah. Wow. If that is you, if you are a seeker and believer, the Lord is drawing you to himself. He loves you more than you could ever, ever imagine. And we don't have to clean ourselves up first or fix ourselves or make ourselves right first. He wants to draw us in today. Mm -hmm. I love Jesus's invitation in Revelation 3. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me, that fellowship, deep fellowship with him. So if that's you, friend, I just in, I invite you right now to take that step, to not hesitate. There's nothing else, no other decision in your life that is as important as yeah. this one. And what would keep you from the love of our Father, from the love of Jesus, who loves you so much that he sweat drops of blood for you, that he is he is desiring for you to come to that into that relationship with him and what he wants us to do. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that if you, if you um, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He wants us to turn from our sin and follow him, understanding he's the one who died for every single one of our sins. So I would invite you even now, and I feel like I would be remiss. Is that okay, Maddie, if I pray right now? I feel like I would be remiss Mm -hmm. if I did not just move right into prayer right now. So if that is you, friend, I invite you to pray along with Maddie and with me and to just invite Jesus into your life. He promises he'll never leave us or forsake Mm us. So you could even repeat this after us or pray in your own words, oh, Lord God, Thank you that you love me more than I could ever, ever even imagine. I fall so short. I'm a sinner, God. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your mercy. And I ask you to come into my life to forgive my sins. Thank you that you throw them as far as the east is from the west. And you take away the penalty of my sin and you take away the power of my sin in my life. I want to follow you, Jesus. I went to live my life for you. Amen. Amen. And friend, if you took that, if you made that step of faith, just know Jesus is living in you right now. You are his. He tells us he holds us in the palm of his hand and no one can snatch us from his hand. And then no one can snatch us from the father's hand. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And that is a life changer, not only for this life, but for eternity. Amen. 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 Wow. Mm. Amen. I'm praying that that was you today, friend, whoever is listening, that you would receive this invitation that Jesus has for you to place your faith and trust in Mm -hmm. him and his work on the cross. Yes. And I was going to say for anyone who has accepted Christ and, and the believers out there, Just remember, you are deeply loved. You are completely forgiven. You are fully pleasing because of Jesus. You're totally accepted by God and absolutely complete in Christ. He'll never leave you. Whatever you're going through, he sees it. He cares and he holds you in the palm of his hand. Such an important truth to remember. Amen. I I can't help but continue to think, like I said before we started recording, like, that the Lord 
is such a giver of good gifts that I even just get to have this conversation with you and like leave this space encouraged and praying and knowing and believing that other people are so encouraged um, by you too, Carolyn. So, oh, okay. So uh, praise God. I'm so encouraged by you, Maddie. And it's so exciting to talk about the Lord and his word and what he's doing. We are going to wrap up our time today with rapid fire questions. Keyword rapid, keyword fire. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Enneagram number. Two with a three wing. Love it. Favorite book all time. Andrew Murray's book, Humility. I, oh. That's one I read over once a year at least. Um, so I always say this is rapid fire, but then I add in tangents after you answer things. Um, I just read that one for the first time. Was it at the end of last year? And had never thought about how he kind of presses into when one that like you can the Lord gives you we always pray Lord give me humility which is not bad um help me to be humble but that the Lord gives you hundreds of opportunities every day to obey his command of humbling yourself to obey him and and choose humility and that was just like world rocking and then also yes he says something he talks about along the lines of gosh um, how much of the Lord's power we're missing out on, on the Holy Spirit's power when we don't choose humility, whether that's in our marriage or a relationship or whatever we're doing because of our pride, because of my pride in my marriage, some days I am missing out on what the Holy Spirit was wanting to do. I'm missing out on the Lord's power because of my pride. So choosing humility in every area of life, but those were just a few things that like rocked me from his amazing book. So absolutely. So good. Okay. Favorite song right now. Yet not I, but through Christ in me by city of light. Actually you and Abby were the ones who first (laughs) shared that song with me. And I love it. So, so good. Favorite song all time. Uh, As far as a hymn, I am his and he is mine. And another, I also love, um, Oh, praise the name by Mm -hmm. Hillsong. Yeah. Favorite food. Thai food. Did you like Iranian food? Oh, yes. I love Iranian food. Okay. I, I Are there any Iranian places in Des Moines? There's a, not that I know of in Des Moines. When okay. I go back to Texas, my parents like to take me to an Iranian restaurant. Oh, I love and that. And it's great. We just love their shish kebab and their Iranian rice, their Iranian bread. So good. Love that. Favorite Bible teacher to listen to? I like Jill Briscoe. But I also have to say, I we are so blessed at our church with pastors who are very gifted Bible teachers. And I also believe the Lord gifts local church pastors with the ability to minister directly to the people in their congregation. Mm. He's leading them. They're praying Amen. for those people. And so Amen. I think he just gives them that extra wisdom, that extra Holy Spirit wisdom to speak right into the people in their congregation. So I love our Keystone pastors. I love that. I We are just going through Matthew at our church in Omaha. And uh, it was probably a month ago, one of our pastors, Jared, preached on that the Matthew passage. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he, it just reminded me of what you just said. He totally just spoke what the Lord led him to, like to us. And it was just the most refreshing message. Like it was exactly what I needed to hear that day. And I just was like, yeah, God, you are so kind to give us pastors that are faithfully pursuing you and us and shepherding us specifically 
as a people. So amen to yes. what you said. Favorite podcast? Bible recap. Do you do that daily? Are you doing the Bible recap plan? Or is another, I'm not like doing their exact plan. So but I like to go, I'll like, I like to read Old Testament and then New Testament. Okay. So I'll go back and listen to the prior year. Okay. You'll so go that find I can that listen day. to them. Amazing. Yes. But that's such an encouraging podcast. Yes, 100%. I, my mom got me hooked on Bible Recap. Um, her and my dad do it. So Bible Recap is a uh, a full year-long reading plan for anyone that's listening that doesn't know. And they also do a podcast every single day with like, it's a really short, it's like a five to eight minute episode every day, kind of pressing into what what the reading plan, what you'll be reading that day. Just like, it's really helpful. And one thing I love about it is she always asks people, what is your God shot? So what attributes of God did you see? How did you see God's faithfulness in that passage? How did you see his power? How did you see his mercy or his grace or his love to ask that so that people begin to read expecting that they will see it because we do. Yeah. The The Bible is a story about God first and foremost, yeah. and then about us and who we are in Christ. Yeah. So I, I think that what's your God shot is such a good question. Yeah. And then they also have a book version. Pretty much it's like a book version of the podcast if you're more of a reader. So that's me. I I have the Bible recap book that I read every day before I read the readings in the Bible from that day. So awesome tool, Bible recap. I think you can find it on anywhere that you listen to your podcasts and their plan is free online. So Bible recap. Okay. Something not many people know about you. Um, I like sports. And when I was at Baylor, my friends and I, who are all involved in a young life ministry together, we played, we had a girls powder puff football team and our guy friends were our coaches. So I was the quarterback for our intramural powder puff football team at Baylor. I love that. Do you have a good arm? Did you throw some Uh, touchdowns? I guess so. I guess so. I grew up with three brothers and a sister who also played sports. So we had a lot of football games in our backyard growing up. I love that. Are you still a Baylor? Are you guys still like Baylor fans? Would you say? Yes. Okay. I would say I am. I'm the biggest Baylor fan in the family. (laughs) Okay. What are you loving right now? Could be literally anything. I am loving walking, being outdoors, um, hiking again in the Mm -hmm. sunshine. As the weather has changed here in Iowa and it's starting to get warmer again. Mm. And then also just time with our kids, um, with my husband, with our granddaughters is so Mm. fun. Love that. How can our friends listening today be praying for you? I think just that I would be a, that I'd be that faithful, available, teachable Mm. person that the Lord wants me to be, that I'd be faithful with every opportunity that he provides, whether it's expected or whether it's unexpected that I would have eyes open wide to see those unexpected ones in the day in and day out as well. Mm. And then we're, we are going to be doing a lot of traveling come up, coming up with celebrations and two graduations and for great quality time with our family as our kids are in various places, mm. some here locally and some in different places. I love that. If you're listening, would you please just take a moment and pray for those things for Carolyn after you're done listening to this podcast. We would just so appreciate it. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? You know, I think just two things really fast, because I know we've had a lot of time here, Maddie, and I've loved my time with you. I think I want to encourage people to be authentic and to be accountable with other believers. Mm. Now where we are in our country Coming toward the end of COVID restrictions, a lot of people are not re-engaged. 
at church and that accountability coming together to worship being authentic with other believers being real walking alongside of each other is so powerful just be real drop the filters confess your sin be humble enough to ask for prayer when you need it to be there for each other i think is so powerful Brene Brown has a quote that I think is so true. We embrace vulnerability in others and we think it's so great, but mm. we can despise it in ourselves. As soon as we say something, oh no, why did I say that? What are they going to yeah. think? So to be authentic. And then the reminder, we can live victoriously in Christ. Mm. He provides us all that we need for life and godliness. We're not going to live perfectly, but we can live victoriously and not as victims. And so to press into him, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. That same power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. And to remember that each and every day that we are to live in his strength and not in our own is just a powerful truth that we all need to put up each day. Yes, and amen. At our city group last night, we're going through this book called Gospel-Centered Life. And it has this diagram. You've probably seen maybe a similar diagram before where, you know, as it's this line and as you're... Your awareness of God increases. So like there's an up line going upward and then there's a line going downward. As we become aware of God and his holiness, we become more aware of our sin and our flesh. And we were talking about like we were kind of saying, oh, yeah, like you become more aware of your sin and flesh. But it remind me how you said don't live as a victim and live victoriously. But the beauty of the cross is that, yes, we are becoming more aware of that and we are becoming more aware of how we are victors in Jesus and we don't have to yes. sit under the condemnation and that, oh, I'm a victim of. No, you're you're not even enslaved to your sin anymore. You because of the spirit inside of you, you it has no yes. power over you. So, yes, as I continue to walk with the Lord, I'm way more aware day to day, moment to moment. Wow. My flesh is ugly and also moment to moment I am living out in the victory of Jesus on the cross so I can live in freedom and as a victor not a victim like I it's the beauty Absolutely. of that Absolutely. And the more we focus on Jesus as you were saying Maddie the more we focus on him the more victorious we will be mm. to bring that sin before him confess it and then move on yeah. Yeah. and focusing on him yeah. I think it's so powerful. Oh, Carolyn, this has been such a joy. I know I am leaving this conversation so encouraged at the Lord's faithfulness in your life and just getting to know you and getting to chat with you. Yeah, I'm just humbled that you spend an hour and a half with us. And I am praying and knowing and believing that people are so encouraged by your life and God's faithfulness in it. So just thank you so much for being here today and chatting with us for this long. Oh, it has been my joy, Maddie. I am always encouraged to spend time with you and to see Jesus just shining through you in such a beautiful, passionate way. Thanks, Carolyn. Dang, how amazing is Carolyn Oaks? Gosh, I seriously left this conversation on cloud nine, just spurred on by her towards the Lord. And I'm praying the same exact thing happened for you today. So thank you for joining another episode of the Setting 65 podcast. If this episode was encouraging to you at all, would you rate and or leave a review for the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast? I would so appreciate it. Don't forget, if you're joining the book club, our book of the month for April is The Discipline of Grace by Jerry Bridges. So invite some friends in to read it with you and start your own little book club. As always, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to maddie at sunnyand65.com. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you.